Welcome to Everyday Sublime, shedding light on yin yoga and meditation. I'm your host, Josh Summers. I'm a yin yoga and meditation teacher and trainer, and I'm also a licensed acupuncturist. This podcast is intended to be an in-depth exploration of the intersections between yin yoga, Chinese medicine, and meditation. In each episode, I will offer a 10 to 15 minute reflection on one or several of these themes. And my hope is that these reflections will support both your practice and or your teaching of yin yoga and meditation. In this episode, I want to introduce you to three unconventional ways for developing stillness that is calm and peace in your meditation practice. At different times in a yin approach to meditation, these processes will start to occur. They are first, entering stillness by allowing your mind to get absorbed in what it naturally gets absorbed in. Second, entering stillness with non-resistance towards the hindrances. And third, allowing yourself to drift towards sleep, believe it or not. In this episode, I'll be exploring the first way of entering stillness in what I call absorption au naturel. So let's get started. Okay, in most yang approaches to meditation, that is, in styles of meditation where you intentionally direct your mind to do something special, you will likely be taught that in order to come to an experience of stillness, you must do so by directing your attention to a specific thing or object. And you do this over and over again. And through repeated effort, gradually your mind starts to settle down and rest on that specific object for periods of time, producing wonderful feelings of stillness and calm. This stillness is what I think of with the term samadhi. In yoga, Samadhi usually refers to a highly specific state or states of deep, deep meditative absorption, usually occurring after long, arduous hours of trying to focus your attention. But in Buddhism, however, and incidentally, some believe that the Buddha actually coined the term Samadhi, in Buddhism, Samadhi refers to a collected or unified experience. Here, you're not so deeply absorbed in a state of rapturous oblivion. Rather, your attention is gathered together and it's just not so fragmented anymore. In other words, your energies are drawn together. You find yourself resting quietly and serenely in an experience of contentment and harmonization. In a yin approach to meditation, I think experiences of stillness and calm can occur in rather non-conventional ways. And in this lesson, I want to cover the first of three of the main ways that you might start to experience stillness or samadhi in a yin approach to meditation. And I call the first of these ways to enter samadhi absorption au naturel, or another name might be going where the interest is. Now in meditation circles, there's a fear that if you let your mind go loose during a meditation session, then your time will be wasted. The fear is that your mind will chatter the entire time, or that you will be lost in daydreams and fantasies, and that this isn't a very productive or beneficial use of your time. This fear is understandable, but perhaps not quite so necessary. For now, I'm going to leave aside the discussion of the possible utility of letting your mind meander towards daydreamy states and fantasies. And for the moment, I'll focus solely on how this allowance can support you entering more traditional meditative territory, 
that is states of stillness and calm. In this yin approach to meditation, the one that I'm trying to describe, when you dial back any effort to try and control your mind, you're giving your mind space to explore things that it finds naturally engaging. For example, while relaxing and being receptive to your experience in meditation, you might find that you start to think about a dynamic at work, or an unfinished project at home, or a disagreement you have with someone, or a holiday vacation you'd like to take. In allowing your mind to get absorbed into these kinds of themes and topics, certain qualities of focus and calm, often listed in meditation texts, do start to come together. A couple of these factors of mind that are worth noting are the first two factors of mind called directed thought and evaluative thought. These, in meditative jargon, are known as the first two jhanic factors, or factors of mind that lead to deeper states of absorption. In this approach to meditation, directed thought and evaluative thought naturally arise when you allow your mind to pick up themes and topics of its own choosing. Literally, your attention is directed to a theme, and while going through that topic, your mind is engaged with evaluating it, sort of holding it up before its attention. In this receptive and yin approach to meditation, these qualities are developed within non-traditional meditative objects or experiences. For example, typically most meditation traditions say that these jhanic factors or factors of absorption, that they arise in relationship to a meditatively sanctioned object like the breath or mantra. But in a yin approach to meditation, they start to arise with more everyday themes and topics that crop up naturally and spontaneously during your time while you're meditating. So here's an example. I remember once being on a meditation retreat where many of my meditations were filled with arguments. These weren't hostile arguments. They were more just like heated debates that I was having with former meditation teachers of mine. During these debates, my mind would get totally absorbed in listing out their philosophical and pedagogical points, and I'd in turn eviscerate each one with logical aplomb, as one can only do in the removed reality of internal fantasy. But I remember feeling a surge of joy and happiness by simply letting myself bite into these debates. It's like a dog clamping down on a marrow bone. And what's interesting about this is that in letting my mind go into these debates, factors of directed and evaluative thought would arise first. But then qualities of joy and happiness would follow. My mind was finding joy and happiness in the process of debate engagement. Curiously enough, these qualities, joy and happiness, are the third and fourth of the traditional list of jhanic or absorptive factors. You might find it strange that joy and happiness would arise during an argument or debate, but my sense of it then, and it still holds now, was that in allowing my mind to fully engage with the debate, this became intrinsically joyful. This is not dissimilar to the way that people say they find an activity more pleasant and joyful when they're fully in the moment, completely immersed in the experience. Now, as I said, there are five jhanic or absorptive factors of mind that mature and develop in states of samadhi and stillness. The fifth of these jhanic factors is called equanimity. And I must confess to not feeling particularly equanimous during these debates. I remember one particular counter-argument I made being volleyed like this at my old teacher. How can such an extraordinarily intelligent mind like yours hold so stubbornly to such a fatuously facile ideal? That's hardly the voice of one established in perfectly balanced equanimity. And yet, 
equanimity in my experience did arise after these debates, and it went something like this. I'd allow myself to wrestle with the argument for however long it went on. There were no dictums to go back to the breath or interruptions to my fantasy dharmic debates. But at some point, I'd literally wake up to the engrossing debate and find myself sitting quietly, incredibly still. I feel like my mind had made a lateral move into a very traditional state of samadhi. And I was able to recognize the state from previous practices of watching my breath for extended periods of time. But here I was, just after gleefully thrashing through debates with my esteemed teachers, disrespectfully volleying all sorts of insults and ad hominem attacks their way, only to spontaneously find myself inadvertently dunked into a saturated state of calm and bliss. How strange. How unusual. And yet, it happens a lot. And I hear this over and over again from students when they talk about their meditation experiences. When they allow themselves to get really absorbed in anything, whether it's planning or a daydream of sorts or a fantasy, they find that they make these lateral shifts into more traditional states of stillness. They might talk about going on a hallucinogenic trip or flying through the air or meeting strange fictitious creatures or being in an altered dreamlike state only to find at some point that they are suddenly and strangely aware of themselves quietly sitting on the floor in very peaceful states of stillness. Very interesting. But let's go back to my argumentative debating for a second. I noted that as my mind shifted into a more traditional experience of samadhi, that I felt equanimous. When I think of this now, what I think is going on is that the equanimity arose because I had allowed myself to go fully into these topics in this case, debates. Typically, equanimity is viewed as a balanced state of mind that develops with maturation of mindfulness and concentration. In other words, it's typically seen as the fruit of a sustained mindfulness practice, where you're trying to be present moment to moment. And equanimity emerges when the mind is grounded in an ability to look impartially upon all experience. But what was so unusual and curious for me to see that in this yin approach, is how equanimity also arises from letting myself go into experiences that might be deemed antithetical to equanimity. By going into the arguments or fantasies in some respect, I'd get to know those dynamics much more closely, and equanimity seemed to arise from understanding those experiences in a different way. In other words, equanimity was a co-emergent factor born of learning and understanding, not simply a fruit that only ripens when sufficient mental strength emerges from sustained mindfulness. And that is just one way that I see states of stillness arising naturally in this yin approach to meditation. All the traditional jhanic factors do arise. It's just that they arise with atypical objects or non-conventional experiences. The big takeaway from this lesson is, when you meditate, let your mind go deeply into whatever it finds compelling and engaging. And after your meditation, see for yourself what kinds of qualities were developing within that kind of totally absorbed engagement. Okay, I'll stop there for now. And in the next episode of Everyday Sublime, I'll be exploring the second of three non-traditional ways of entering stillness in meditation. That is, entering stillness through non-resistance to the hindrances. I'll look forward to sharing that with you, with insights from my practice to yours. If you'd like to follow along with Everyday Sublime, please subscribe in iTunes, and there's a link for you in the show notes. 
or you can subscribe directly on my site at joshsummers.net forward slash subscribe. Also, if you'd like to study or train in yin yoga with me, check out yinyogaschool.com. Thanks so much for listening today, and I'll look forward to seeing you in the next episode.